Welcome to Jury Duty, I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who was accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we continued our review of the defense's cross-examination of SLED Senior Special Agent Jeff Croft, as Alex Murdoch's attorney, Jim Griffin, sought to challenge a key piece of direct examination testimony by Agent Croft. In this installment, we conclude our look at Agent Croft's testimony. That's all coming up right after the break. 
And he did he answer the questions that you asked? Uh, yes, sir. And then at the end of that interview, um, he asked you to meet with Maggie's mom and dad, Mr. and Ms. Branstetter, and her family, correct? I think that was the end of the second interview, not the third interview. All right. Well, shortly after that third interview with, with Alec, a few days later, you and Agent Owen went and met with Maggie's mom and dad, sister and brother-in-law, and nieces, correct? That is correct. Well, that interview was recorded, right? The interview with? With the... Branch Shutters? Yes, yes, sir. It was uh, audio recording. Did you tell them you were recording it? We did not. And I don't think. I, I, I did not tell them. Part of the interview was conducted as part of your investigation to get information to assist you in next steps, right? The, the interview was a combination interview. It was to share information then and also to gather information concerning family dynamics, yes, sir. In that interview, you and or uh, <clears throat> Agent Owen told the Branch Shutters and the Proctors that, that Alec is in this circle of investigation, correct? It was no secret that Alec was in that circle at that point, no, sir. You also told him he's the only one that you've identified in the circle, correct? I don't recall saying he's the only one in that circle. Well, did you identify for the branch statters or the proctors any other people in the circle? They particularly asked about Alec, so I don't, re I don't recall giving them any other names that was uh, being looked at. In early August of 2021, was there anybody else in the circle that you were Slab was focused on. Again, sir, at that particular date, I'm not sure who all was still within that circle. And during this interview, Maggie's mother, Ms. Kennedy Branstetter, her father, Mr. Terry Branstetter, her sister, Marion Proctor, and brother-in-law, Bart, and their children described for y'all their observations of Alex's relationship with Maggie and Paul, correct? From their observation of their relationship, yes, sir. And that was, you were asking that as part of your investigating tool. and getting Yes, sir, that's correct. And they reported to you that Alec had a loving relationship with Maggie and Paul, correct? Rule 801 and 802. Pardon? Objection, Rule 801 and 802. It's not being offered for the matter asserted, Your Honor, what he did in response to that. Objection sustained. Were you given information in, in that interview? Did they identify other people who had warned Maggie that word on the street in Hampton that there was some risk to her family's safety resulting from the boating accident? I don't recall any specific information concerning warning of threats or of any nature. No, sir, I don't, I don't recall that. You don't recall being provided the name Barbara Mixon? I do recall being provided names of those that may have information, but as far as specific information, I do not recall any specific information that was shared by the Branstetters. You know whether Ms. Mixon was ever interviewed following your meeting with the Branstetters? I know I never interviewed Ms. Mixon. Were you given information about uh, Ms. Kena Trahern of a similar nature. Okay, I never interviewed Ms. Trahern if her name was given. That's all the questions I have, Your Honor. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Judge Clifton Newman invites Prosecutor Creighton Waters to begin redirect examination of Senior Special Agent Croft. Senior Special Agent Croft, a uh, couple things. When you went back, or you went and searched that house, 
uh, your focus was searching for guns, is that correct? That is correct, sir. And to your knowledge, when other agents walked through the house with the family members, and this is on June 8th, fundamentally they were looking for firearms, is that correct? That is my understanding, yes, sir. You were asked about these weapons that you seized that are put into evidence, and you were looking for any potential uh, weapon that could fire rounds consistent with those that were used at the scene, is that right? That is correct. The defense objects that Prosecutor Waters is asking leading questions of his own witness. As you will hear, Waters asserts that he can lead a witness on redirect examination, but Judge Newman sustains the objection. I'm going to redirect, Your Honor. I'll lead the witness. Yes, sir, Your Honor. What is the point of gathering as much evidence as you can when you have that opportunity? What are you trying to do there? We were trying to gather as much evidence that could be tested as potential weapons for the scene to be able to include or to exclude uh, Mr. Alex or these weapons from being the person responsible for the murder. You asked a little bit about this right here, and uh, this was uh, June of 2021, correct? That is correct, yes, sir. Had COVID had any effect generally on the availability of ammunition? Yes, sir. And tell the jury what, if any, effect that was. Ammunition was difficult to get during that time because of the shutdowns during COVID. Did you find a lot of ammunition uh, inside the defendant's residence? There was quite a bit of ammunition. Did you find a lot of different types of ammunition inside the defendant's residence? Yes, sir, we did. Did you find a lot of S&B 300 blackout in the defendant's residence? That was mostly what we found. You were asked about the commonality of various rounds blackout through others, and you mentioned 308, 223, and 556. Can you tell the jury a little bit about those rounds and why they tend to be a, a bit more common as you testified to? Jacks beyond the scope. I didn't ask anything about 223s and whatever he said. He asked about the commonality of blackout, and he answered about uh, those The witness counts. asked you to repeat the question. I would like to hear it as well. Yes, sir. You were asked earlier about the commonality of blackout, and you mentioned it was not as common as 308, 223 and 556. I was asking you to explain a little bit about those calibers and why they are more common. 223 is a, is a very common round. It's uh, utilized in, in law enforcement. 556 is utilized within law enforcement and also within the military. Prior to COVID, it was uh, easily found. Fairly cheap ammunition to, to go out and shoot as far as rifle ammunition goes. 308 is a, a hunting rifle, which can be used for, for larger games such as whitetail and stuff like that. Uh, 308 is also a common round that's used uh, within the law enforcement and the, and the military side. Uh, it's, it's a very common round. 300, on the other hand, is it's just at that particular time, 300 uh, uh, rounds were just, our weapons were just not that common. How many criminal investigations have you worked where 300 blackout was the murder round? I have none. None? None. You were asked earlier about the boxes and what has been uh, admitted into evidence as states 214. And uh, there are actually, are there multiple exhibits in that particular bag that was not opened? Yes, sir, it is. Right. And aside from the boxes, what if any other exhibit is in that particular bag? What appears to be a credit card receipt with one particular item circled. And that item circled with what? Gucci. You're asked something about, a few questions about the, uh, what the lab report found. And where your experience is at is in general firearms knowledge, is that correct? That is correct, yes, Are sir. you a firearms and tool mark examiner? No, sir, I'm not. Is it your role to do that specific analysis? It is not, sir. Is that analysis for others to do? That is, sir. Uh, that is correct, sir. Others who will testify later? That is correct, sir. You were asked a number of questions about the various loads in some of these shotguns. 
Did you find weapons that had mixed loads, that had different types of ammunition in them? Yes, sir, I did. We were asked a couple of questions about the board that Mr. Harpootlian put into evidence yesterday. You recall those? Yes, sir, I do. Are you aware that both victims had stippling on them from their gunshot injuries? Yes, sir, I am. And what is stippling? Stippling is a powder burn pattern which is left on an individual uh, due to a close-range shot. To a close-range shot? That is correct. Thank you. You were asked some questions about the location of where shell casings land when they're ejected out of the weapon. Is that correct? Yes, sir, I was. Are there a number of factors that go into where a shell casing might actually land? Yes, sir, it is. Can people move? I'm sorry, sir. Do people move? People can move, yes, sir. You were asked a couple of questions about the cell phone and whether or not it was put in the Faraday bag. Do you know if that phone was put in airplane mode? I think it was, yes, sir. You've been asked a number of questions about the defendant and the investigation. Do you recall during the course of the interview on June 10th, did Agent Owen mention that uh, y'all had talked to 100 people at that point? I do, yes, sir. And was the investigation just fo focused on Alec Murdoch, or was it focused on anyone and everyone it could focus on? It was absolutely not just focused on Alex Murdoch. Did, in that particular interview, did uh, Agent Owen mention victim advocates or, or any sort of grief counseling to Alec Murdoch? Is that correct? Yes, sir, he did. When you're that early in an interview and you are interviewing someone who might be in the circle, as Mr. Griffin des uh, describes it, are you trying to keep your ears open? Yes, sir, I am. Are you trying to keep the lines of communication open? Yes, sir, I am. Are you going to confront somebody that early on, or are you going to try to keep the dialogue going? Action leading, Your Honor. I'll lead the witness. What is your goal when you're that early in an investigation in ha interviewing witnesses or potential subjects? Again, based on what we had in this particular case, the interviews conducted with Mr. Alec was more of an information gathering type of interview. It wasn't uh, an interrogation by no means. You were asked about whether or not anyone dug some potential projectiles out of a mound of dirt. Uh, were you aware that there were 300 blackout cases found around Maggie's body at the scene? Yes, I was. And were your, was it, what was your goal is finding similar evidence in other parts of the property? Similar casings uh, to the shell casings that were located at Miss Maggie's body. Did you know that casings could be compared to casings which had been recovered already at the murder scene? Yes, sir, I did. Did you find cases outside of the side door? Yes, sir, I did. 300 blackout cases? Yes, sir, I did. Did you find 300 blackout cases at the range across the street? Yes, sir, I did. You were asked about interviewing a number of witnesses on that day on June the 10th. Is that right? Yes, sir. Is it common standard operating procedure to interview witnesses separately? Yes, sir. Is there anything different or unusual about that being done? No, sir, it's not. Would you do that in any case? Yes, sir, I would. The June 10th interview with Alan Murdoch, who all was in that car? It was myself, Senior Special Agent David Owen, Mr. Alec Murdoch, and counsel. Jim Griffin was there? That is correct. His lawyer was there? That is correct. Remind the jury what Alec Murdoch did for a living. He was a trial lawyer and a prosecutor for the 14th Circuit Solicitor's Office. Was that interview aggressive in any way? Not at all, sir. You're asking a number of questions about <laughs> various firearms evidence that was seized in this particular case. Is that correct? Yes, sir, that is correct. Did you personally seize every single piece of firearms-related evidence in this case? Not personally, no, sir. Just generally, what the SOP is, when you have multiple agents working a scene and they find evidence, what do they do with it? They generally will mark it or, or locate it, and one particular person actually does the collection to package and make sure that it gets to our lab. All right, and there could be multiple individuals doing that collection? Yes, sir. 
And then where does it go from there? What happens to sync it all back together? It's generally packaged, turned over to a crime scene or an analyst uh, at our lab. Uh, chain of custody is, is, is provided to track that particular piece of evidence as to where it went. Are efforts made by those collecting it to avoid tampering with the evidence? Absolutely. Is the evidence collected in a manner to preserve it as much as possible in its form? Yes. Sir. Is that standard operating procedure for all of SLED? Yes, sir. After a brief break, Prosecutor Waters continues his redirect of Senior Special Agent Croft by showing him an exhibit. All right, I'm going to show you what's been marked as Exhibit 145 in the evidence. And can you uh, publish what the crime scene notes reflect about where that, where that was recovered? It's uh, one unfired shot shell from a state box on bookshelf and gun room head stamped Winchester 12 gauge. Can I uh, ask you to take these scissors and carefully cut that open, please? Can you describe uh, what that is to the jury, please? It's a 12-gauge shotgun shell, head stamp, Winchester 12-gauge. All right, and does the, uh, the plastic part of the shell have any identifying information? It's got dry lock, 3-inch, number 2. Is this what the round you were just uh, seeing? It appears to be, yes, sir. That's uh, It declares on it. You can't hardly see it. All right, can you put that back in that... All right, I'm going to hand you what's been marked and entered into evidence of State 149. And if you could, first of all, uh, publish again what the crime scene notes say about that particular round. Just one unfired shot shell from a state box on uh, bookshelf in gun room, head stamped Winchester 12 gauge. All right, and if you could, please, again, carefully open that bag and uh, pull out what's inside and describe it for the jury. So black in color, uh, Winchester 12 gauge uh, on the side, the writing is dry lock three inch number two this is the uh unfired 12 gauge shell that you were describing describing yes sir it is and again what's written on this particular round uh dry lock three inch number two return that to that packaging please and let's do the next one my hand you what's been marked is states exhibit 146 and again if you could tell us what the crime scene notes say on that please uh one unfired shot shell from Kent box on bookshelf and gun room, head stamp, Winchester 12 gauge. All right, and if you could again carefully uh, open that and see what's inside and describe it for the jury, please. It's a 12 gauge shotgun shell, Winchester head stamp, uh, dry lock, three inch, uh, number two. Is that the same as the previous two? Yes, sir, it is. Can I hold it? If you'll put that one back for me, do the fourth verse. Again, if you'd uh, sort of publish those crime scene notes and then. We'll follow the same procedure, please. One unfired shot shell from nightstand in Paul's room, head stamped, Winchester 12 gauge. Tell me what, describe it to the jury. <laughs> head stamped, Winchester 12 gauge on the side. It's uh, got writing dry lock, three inch, number two. Same thing? Yes, sir. All right, let's move on to the next one. I'm going to show you what's been marked as. Exhibit 150 into evidence. State's Exhibit 150. And again, if you can, as best you can, tell the jury the crime scene notes on that exhibit. It's uh, one, and I can read, shell head stamp 12 gauge found from Red Bin on workshop bench. The state's exhibit tag is over the writing. Gotcha. On workshop bench, correct? Yes, sir. All right. If you would, uh, carefully open that and then describe what you find to the jury, please. It's uh, red in color, federal 12 gauge. Shotgun shell uh, on the side. It's federal premium double all buck three inch mag, seventy six millimeter maximum, ten fifty bar. 
Federal buckshot? Federal buckshot, yes, sir. Can I see that? Yes, sir. This was found where? On the uh, workbench from the red red bin on the workbench. I can't tell if that helps or not, but I'm going to try it. You can't read it on there, sir. All right. I'm going to show you now what's been marked as States 144. Let's do the same procedure. If you could tell the jury what the crime scene notes on that particular exhibit reflect. One unfired shot shell head stamp 12-gauge federal from red bin on workshop bench. It's a red and color federal 12-gauge. Writing on the side is federal premium double all buckshot 3-inch magnum. If you could uh, secure that back for me, please. Show you what's been marked as Stakes Exhibit 143 and have you take a look through that one, if you would, please. One unfired shot shell head stamp 12-gauge federal from red bin on workshop bench. It's a uh, red in color. 12-gauge federal shotgun shell stamped on the side, federal premium, double-off buck, 3-inch magnum. Same thing? Is that previous suit? Yes, sir, it is. Federal buckshot, correct? That is correct. And we'll do one more. We've got States Exhibit 148. If you could, again, tell the jury what the crime scene notes reflect about its location, please. It says, one unfired shot shell, head stamp, 12-gauge federal from red bin on workshop bench. It's a red in color, federal... 12-gauge uh, shotgun shell uh, on the side writing is federal premium, double-off buck, 3-inch mag, 3-inch mag. Same as the previous three, is that correct? That is correct, sir. All right. Four draw locks? Yes, sir. Four buck shot? Uh, yes, sir. The draw locks are what brand? Uh, they're black in color. They are Winchester. And the buck shots are what? Uh, federal. Just got a couple more questions for you. You were asked whether or not you took down any notes at any point in the interview or at a particular point in the interview. Yes, sir. The interview is being recorded, is that correct? That is correct, sir. Was Alec Murdoch in custody at that interview? He was not, sir. Was that interview voluntary? It was, sir. Was that interview aggressive? It was not, sir. Was his lawyer present? His law attorney was present, sir. And he's a lawyer, too? Yes, was sir. a lawyer? Yes, sir. But Judge Newman invites Jim Griffin for a final opportunity to question the witness. Further recross. Just very briefly, Your Honor. Uh, Agent Croft, you, you mentioned stippling with regard to the injuries of Maggie. Do you know how many bullet wounds she had that had stippling? I know at least one bullet wound had stippling. Yes, Just sir. one. That's all you remember? Yes, sir. All right. And then talking about on the June 10th, you, you all interviewed 100 people or more, broad investigation, but did you have anybody else in the circle on June 10th besides Alec Murdoch? We had names of interest that we were interviewing, yes sir. And then you were asked about projectiles versus shell cartridges. Are you aware that, they, that projectiles were found? 300 blackout projectiles were found in the dog house, in the dog bed? I am aware of that now, yes sir. And that there's a 300 blackout projectile found in the dirt? By the tire trap? Yes, sir. So there were projectiles that were found. That's correct, sir. Yet you're out of the, the range, you don't look for projectiles, right? I was collecting the 300 blackout spent shell casings from the gun room, or not the gun room, I apologize, the shoot house. Now, now you showed a number of shot shells, buckshot, and apparently dry lock. What date were those seized? Looks like 9 13 of 2021. Those were seized three months after the murders? 9-13-2021 is the date that's written on them. 
June, July, August, September, four months after the murder. That's correct, sir. And, and do you know whether that property had been secured in that period of time? It had not been secured by law enforcement during right. that period of time. Do you know if any of that in front of you was on the property on June 7th or before? I can own it's. It was there the day we collected it. I, I, don't, I can't answer that other question. And I understand you didn't collect any of that, correct? No, sir. And you don't know where it was collected from other than what you're reading on the envelope, right? I mean, you're reading someone else's evidence description. Is that correct? That's correct, sir. That's all I have here. Thank <clears throat> okay, you. messed up now. With the conclusion of Senior Special Agent Croft's testimony, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join our next installment as we begin our review of testimony related to the collection of electronic records regarding the case. Also, check out the Crime Story Podcast Night Raid wherever you get your podcasts. And, if you'd like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.